Boston Metaphysical Society, a steampunk supernatural series following a team of paranormal detectives who battle supernatural forces in late 1800s Boston. They are Samuel Hunter, an ex-Pinkerton detective, Caitlin O'Sullivan, a medium and spirit photographer, and Granville T. Woods, a genius scientist. All audio stories take place during the time of the original six-issue graphic novel miniseries and are standalone. Welcome to Episode 8 of The Ghost Ship. After Jimmy fled the library, Caitlin and Samuel searched for him, but to no avail. Worried the young man might do something rash after Caitlin revealed that Jimmy was the link between the ghost ship and the spirits in the library, they still have unanswered questions. Why were the spirits still haunting the library? And who killed them? And where did Charles Emerson's grandfather fit into all of this? They head back to the office, hoping Jimmy will return and help them figure this puzzle out. Mrs. Sullivan pacing is not going to make Jimmy reappear. I'd be too worked up to sit. What if he's run off? What if he hurts himself? We can't save everyone. We can try. Only if they want us to. Granville? You need to come out here and try to stop him. He won't listen to me. Who? Edison. He's installed one of Tesla's newfangled electrical resonant transformer circuits next to the ship. Edison must have stolen the plans. There is no way Tesla would allow him to use it without his permission or his presence. That's Tesla's problem. Aye. Besides, that man never set well with me. It's what the device can do that's the problem. Explain. If you recall, it looks like a mushroom. Think of the primary coil as being the root system. The secondary coil is the stem. And the secondary capacitor sits on top like a mushroom cap. That doesn't answer my question. <laughs> Come on, I'll show you. What are all these people doing here? Edison's promised the city a show. This crowd is getting bigger. I don't be liking this, Mr. Hunter. What if someone gets too close to the ship? That's one problem. Ugh, I can barely see the dock. Uh, stand over here. Ah, oh, thanks. Can you see it now? Hmm. That be it there, not far from the gangplank? Yes, that's it. What does it do? And how does it relate to the ghosts on the ship? See the secondary capacitor sitting on top of the device? The one that looks like a metal donut. It's called a toroid. The wires inside it can produce a magnetic field. Once a power source is attached to the primary coil, its capacitor absorbs the charge. When the electrical current reaches a tipping point, it streams out of the first capacitor and into the secondary coil, what I refer to as the stem. I still don't see what- When the secondary capacitor reaches capacity, electricity will shoot out like lightning bolts. Wait. 
That thing can shoot out lightning bolts? It could hit all these people. Exactly. But you said it needed a power source. Yes. If Edison's theory is correct, and spirits do contain an electrical component... Then he could theoretically use the spirits as his power source. But how? Wait. Here they come. Are those silver poles the police are carrying in? They must be 12 feet long. Actually, they are 12 feet, 5 inches, and are solid silver. It's the most conductive of all metals. Hmm. Meaning it'd be easy for electricity to run through it? Correct, Miss O'Sullivan. I see you've been paying attention to my little lessons. <laughs> it also has a low melting point. The spirits would attack those poles as soon as the police drop them on the deck? Giving Edison an unknown amount of electrical power. Edison is convinced that he can trap the spirit's energy within the capacitors long enough for the police to set the charges to blow up the ship. Ugh, oh, he'd be mad. There's no telling what the spirits will do if that ship blows up. Any chance Edison can contain the spirits in the capacitor indefinitely? Unknown. But if he does it... Shh, look, there he is. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can have your attention, please. Thank you. We shall begin in a moment, but please stand behind the police and the machine for your safety. Edison, don't do this. Someone will get hurt. Ah, Mr. Hunter, the failed Pinkerton detective. And what would you know about science? Well, enough to know that what you're doing is dangerous. Otherwise, Charles Emerson would be here to watch. Danger is an inherent part of gaining knowledge, Mr. Hunter. We must embrace it if we are to discover the secrets of the natural world. For us scientists, yes. But you risk harming everyone on this dime. I'm saving the children of Boston. Away with both of you, or I will have you arrested. I will now connect the cables from the primary coil to our induction pose. Boston Police, please drop the pose. Oh, I'm so nervous I'm going to twist the end of the cuff off. Nothing's happening. I hope it stays that way. Wait, I smell ozone. Do the hair on the arms be standing on end? Every nerve in my body is tingling. <sighs> Look, the silver poles are sparky. If I didn't know the spirits be attacking the Bloomingtons, all those sparks and electricity would be beautiful. The spirits are moving up the poles and into the primary coil. Edison was right. There is an electrical component to spirits. The first capacitor can no longer hold the charge, and electricity is streaming into the secondary coil. It's working. Men, get on board now and place the explosives. men on the deck aren't being attacked. Aye, but for how long? Sam, I don't think the second capacitor is going to hold the charge. Which means? Remember those lightning bolts I talked about earlier? Oh, hell. Edison, get your men off the ship, now! You can't hear a word you're saying, Mr. Hunter. Everyone, leave immediately, hurry! Well, no, it's too late. 
Three men down. Get some water. That woman's dress is on fire. Dear God. The silver is melting and spewing over anyone close to it. Back to the office. No. No, we must help them. We can't. It's too late. Oh, Lord. It smells like roasted meat. Oh, no. The men. The men on the ship. Will the spirits be tearing them apart? Run! Get in the office. Did you see Mr. Edison? Not after the men on the ship were attacked. He'll survive. He always does. Oh, my head be splitting. Are the spirits attacking you? No. No. Oh, my lord. Oh, those spirits. I understand now. They be looking for Jimmy. They want to use him to kill the man responsible for their deaths. We have to stop him. The children couldn't have been responsible. That's impossible. Oh, damn it. They were never the real target. Only a means to an end. Then who do the spirits truly want? The man who's been at the center of all this since the beginning. Charles Emerson. Navigating through angry, terrified, and injured people, Samuel, Caitlin, and Granville jump into Samuel's car and race back to House Emerson to find the door wide open and an unconscious footman on the floor. Oh no! Oh, the footman! Oh, his chest be moving but it looks like he's got a bad bump on the head. Where's Emerson's security? There's two unconscious men and three maids over here. I'll check on the children. Mm. <gasps> Do you smell it, Mr. Hunter? Ozone. The spirits be here. They be everywhere. See if Granville needs help. I'll check the study. Be careful, Mr. Hunter. Emerson! Where are you? Here! Here! Jimmy! Put the knife down. No. He must confess. Do something, Hunter, before he cuts my throat. Jimmy, put the knife down or I will shoot you. No, Mr. Hunter, don't do it. Stay out of the way, Mrs. Sullivan. That not be Jimmy. The spirits have taken control of him. Careful, Samuel. That knife is right next to Emerson's carotid artery. The children? They're safe. Jimmy, or whatever you are, put the knife down. Not until he confesses to what he did. I did nothing wrong. He's drawing blood. Easy, Jimmy. 
Emerson, what happened to the crew of the Flying Fish? I can't. I swore not to. Tell him. Emerson, he's going to slit your throat unless you tell us what happened. Shoot him. Shoot him now. I will kill the children if you do not confess. They're protected. You can't touch them. In time, your cage will fail, and we will be waiting. He's right. The cage was only meant to be temporary. When the time comes, we will make the children suffer. Build a better cage, damn you. What kind of life will your granddaughter have growing up in there? No marriage, no children, only a prison of your own making. Emerson, it's time for you to tell the truth. You don't know what you're asking. I understand more than you think. Tell us what happened. I... I was barely 17. My grandfather insisted I make the decision as the next head of House Emerson. He and Houses Gray and Bartlett all owned shares in the Flying Fish. The crew on board. You murdered them! Let him talk, Jimmy. <clears throat> Their families lived in a shantytown where the library is now. That's why there be all those spirits of women and children. Right after the ship set sail, smallpox infested the entire community. We couldn't risk it spreading. Josiah Gray and Lewis Bartlett convinced me the only way to stop the spread was to burn it down with everyone in it. You Bastards. You could have isolated them and yourselves. There were other choices. I was scared and young and thought if I didn't do it, my grandfather would see me as weak and disown me. I'd lose everything and House Emerson would cease to exist. The crew. Tell them about the crew. We knew the crew who would seek retribution. So we arranged for a crate of explosives to be loaded aboard when they docked in Baltimore. But you'd have to have someone on board to detonate it. Not necessarily. They could have rigged it with a potassium detonator, which when wet would trigger the explosives. I don't know what they did. All I know is that the flying fish never returned. Until now. Finally, the truth. Now, the children die. Oh! I did what you asked! You did not care about our children. Why should you care about yours? They're innocent. As were our kids. No! Please, if you kill them, Jimmy will be paying the price. He's your kin too, please. There must be another way. Too many have died already. Stop, all of you. Kill me instead of the children. <gasps> Use me as an example. Emerson, don't. We'll find a way. Is there a way, Miss O'Sullivan? I... I believe you understand these things better than anyone else in the room. 
No, sir. These spirits be far too powerful in their quest for vengeance. Are you sure, Miss O'Sullivan? Aye, Mr. Woods. Do we have an agreement, boy? I will publicly acknowledge my guilt and you can do with me as you wish. Swear on your granddaughter's life. I swear. Be on board the flying fish in one hour. <sighs> oh, Jimmy! Oh, he's unconscious! Mr. Hunter, help me! He has hit his head on the floor! Oh, oh Jimmy, are you all right? He has a bump on his head, but he should be fine. Oh, Caitlin. Oh. I'd be so sorry. Uh, I couldn't hold him off any longer. It'd not be your fault? Mr. Emerson, sir, please forgive me for what I said. Leave. All of you. I need to put my affairs in order, and I don't have much time. We can help. Arrogant until the end, aren't you, Hunter? Thinking you have the power to affect Great House politics. Go before I decide to have you all arrested. While Charles Emerson puts his affairs in order and says goodbye to his wife and granddaughter, Samuel, Caitlin, Granville, and Jimmy return to the wharf near the ghost ship to await his arrival. Will this death be my fault? No, Jimmy. It started way before you be born. Where's Emerson? He can't be late. <laughs> Not to worry. Mr. Emerson is very punctual. I knew you'd survive. Too bad Tesla's device didn't. Which I know you stole, by the way. There was a need, so I borrowed the design. He won't mind. Besides, the spirits melted it down into a slag heap anyway. How did you escape? He scurried away like a rat. <laughs> Mr. Hunter, you wound me. I stayed as long as I thought the device was viable. When it became apparent that I had miscalculated the power of the spirits and that the capacitor wasn't large enough to hold them, I tried to disengage it, but I wasn't able to. So you ran away. Like any intelligent human being, I found cover, young lady. Like Tacitus said, he who lives and runs away lives to fight another day, or something like that. An option Mr. Emerson does not have, I'm afraid. Why are you even here? His house manager told me what was happening when I stopped by to collect my things. The police were kind enough to let me through. This is quite the dramatic ending, isn't it? You can leave any time, Edison. Ah, here he is now. Mr. Emerson. Mr. Hunter. And I see you've managed to land on your feet, Mr. Edison. I have good survival instincts, Mr. Emerson. <laughs> Better than mine, I see. You've made the right decision, sir. I do not need or want your approval, Hunter. I hope the 
Baron is better now. She will be, Miss O'Sullivan. I would ask a favor of you and your team, Hunter. Yes, sir. Make damn sure these spirits are gone for good after I leave. I'll leave the Faraday cage active until we're sure it's not needed anymore. And I'll check for any wayward spirits. I'll make sure they get everything they need to get the job done right. Good. I believe it's time. I still can't believe he'd be doing this. <laughs> Nor can I. He's nearing the gameplay. Oh, my stomach would be in knots wondering when the spirits are going to attack him. He's halfway across the gangplank, and still nothing. What are they waiting for? Didn't they kill that poor sailor there? Aye. Oh, he's made it to the deck? I don't understand. I do. Just wait. Good God. It's setting sail with him alive on board. Spirits can do that? Aye. Working together, they can. But why not just kill him? They are. But slowly. He'll spend the rest of what remains of his life on that ship, struggling for food and water. Oh. He'll die very much alone. And once he dies... Their quest of vengeance will be over, and the spirits will be free. It's horrifying and cruel. No more cruel than what he did to my kin and others. You're both correct. Oh, look. It'd be barely a speck on the sea now. I can't help but feel a bit sad for him. You people are the most depressing lot I've ever come across. You call us depressing? After all the injury you've caused? You're welcome to leave. I have every intention of doing so, Mr. Hunter. You're still here. You know, Belle has brought up your name a few times. Belle? As in Alexander Graham Bell. What about? It's... <laughs> well... Oh, nothing to worry your pretty little head about. I'll be off. Until we meet again. I don't mean to be disrespectful, but that man be full of himself. <laughs> Aye, that'd be the truth. <laughs> he is, but I'm afraid our paths will cross again. So, Jimmy, what do you plan to do now? I don't rightly know, Mr. Woods. I do. First off, you get yourself to the south side and find a medium to teach you how to control your abilities. Can't you do it? Mrs. Sullivan already has a job, Jimmy. Besides, you need someone who's better at teaching than I am. Why don't you take Jimmy inside for some tea, Miss O'Sullivan? It's been a long day. Hi. It has. Come along, Jimmy. You're worried about something. Is it the spirits at the library? No. No, I think they'll be gone, but... We'll have Mrs. Sullivan check tomorrow. Then what is it? Shifting tides. Come again? With Emerson leaving behind an elderly wife and a young granddaughter, they'll soon be absorbed by another great house. 
House Bartlett in gray will be impacted as well once the rumors of what happened here begin to take root. The number of great houses is shrinking. Leaving power in the hands of even a smaller, select group of people. <sighs> Something has to change. Change is inevitable. Then let's make sure we're prepared to face it. Thank you for listening to Boston Metaphysical Society, The Ghost Ship. We hope you've enjoyed our audio drama. Please visit our store to pick up the CD or flash drive of the audio drama, along with the companion graphic novels, novel, and anthology. This production was created, written, and produced by Madeline Holly Rosing, script editor, Eddie Louise. Composer, director, and audio engineer, Chip Michael. Executive producers, Madeline Holly-Rosing and Michael Hemrick. Our cast, Samuel Hunter, played by Ryan Philbrook. Caitlin O'Sullivan, played by Emily C.A. Snyder. Granville T. Woods, played by Martin Davis. Charles Emerson, played by Boyd Barrett. Jimmy McLaren, played by Ryan Hoyle. Thomas Edison, played by H.B. Gibson. Harbormaster, played by Rob Davis. Eddie O'Rourke, played by David Tilstra. Police Captain, played by Odd Andrews. Longshoreman, played by Ryan Hoyle. Lizzie, played by Bennett Cousins. Policeman, Footman, Jailer, and Sergeant, played by Alex Ross. Nanny and Angry Woman, played by Fiona Thrail. Messenger, played by Tal Manier. Narrated by Kirsten Udowitz. I am Chip Michael, your announcer. Thank you again for listening. Please look for future seasons of Boston Metaphysical Society on Kickstarter and streaming platforms. Boston Metaphysical Society is a registered trademark of Madeline Holly Rosing and is operated under Queen of Mercia, LLC.